Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode 21 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men the Animated I Fucked That Up recap podcast. I'm JC and I just made Rod spit soda <laughs> on possibly his cat and that made it all worthwhile. She's all good. You're good, Lucy. Okay. She almost tried to eat my coconut treat. I'm Rod. She's pissed at you right now. Right. We uh, will we'll share the post. His cat is giving him so much shade tonight. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single X-Men episode animated episode we can find we both fuck i'm just getting late along this is this is the latest we've recorded on a night so right. i'm gonna blame that yeah along with and it's a tuesday so it's like not even, we're just getting started fucking a Along with some bonus episodes, our first series started with 1992 X-Men, the animated series, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which, if they release it this year, that's going to be wild. I, at at time of recording, we are mid-November, so... Yeah, it's probably going to be next year because it feels like they're going to be trying to fill up the MCU schedule, or MCU-adjacent schedule, with the shows, because the only thing on the calendar as of right now is Deadpool 3. Yep, which, and, and we have the announced date for Echo. Yeah, oh, yeah, and Echo's in February, and it sounds like they don't believe in that show a whole lot because all the episodes are dropping at once. Which is weird because they're doing the opposite of what Amazon did with Invincible, where instead of, like, dropping three episodes on a day, now Invincible mm-hmm. is week to week. So who fucking knows at this oh, point? Wild. I See, I, I like the release the first two or maybe three, depending on how the story goes. Yeah. It's kind of get, it's, what, what's the saying? Like, I know it's not free because you're paying for the streaming service, but, like, that, you know, like, the taste is free, and then it kind of keeps you in it. Deal drugs, got it. Yeah, right. Uh, I was gonna say, I think I'm I'm pretty certain. I think mo- this is a popular opinion. I think Deadpool three is literally just gonna kill the Fox universe. They're gonna find somebody who is going to represent Fox. He's gonna put a bullet in his head. That's gonna be the end yeah. of it. It's going to be the most 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 <laughs> fourth wall breaking moment where they're going to find somebody i don't know was it fucking was it rupert murdoch who was the owner at one point they're gonna they're gonna find the equivalent of rupert murdoch and put a bullet in his head so. I, I just because of how wild they've been delving into like all the multiverse stuff i wouldn't even be surprised if like deadpool like leans on like a brick or something and it destroys like the actual studio building like over in is it culver city that they're in like on fox? the west side and the fox studio yeah yeah yeah, yeah it would be, if he just like walks to culver city and just like pushes the building a little bit and the whole thing collapses or something <laughs> some quick reminders we're recap se- the show about a series that started over 20 years ago this is gonna be a long episode even though it's gonna be a short episode there are gonna be spoilers and if you don't want this episode spoiled for you pause the podcast watch the episode and then come back we are currently not sponsored or affiliated with marvel marvel animation disney or disney plus in any way but at the time of recording this, the strike is over, so we can talk yeah. about any of the theatrical shit possible. Yeah, and congrats to all the unions that got the the good terms. I, I know there's a lot of nuances in those contracts, and so not everything's going to be great. But, you know, it's a step in the right direction, at least. Get, get, get paid closer to what you fucking deserve. All yeah. for it. As I had mentioned this in previous episodes, but, you know, growing up in the music world and working in the music world, we kind of lost as musicians when the whole Spotify thing happened about a decade ago. And so making less money than we ever have, like literally not even pennies. But and, Rod, they host our podcast for free. So that evens out. Yeah, kind of. I agree with the, <laughs> the reel you sent me of Gail where she she got a plaque from Spotify. She just like threw food on it and gave it the finger. I'm like, yep. Yeah, she was eating breakfast off of her plaque for a, what was it a billion plays probably yeah even even if it was a million like that the fact no, that that, the, that song A B C D E F yeah, U that was right, definitely right. a billion yeah so, you know good for her she was actually nominated for a Grammy last year I had a vote yeah. on that and then I know people were like why why, why would like a TikTok singer 
you know, be up for a Grammy. It's like, well, you know, I like it's it's in the music world. I'm sure other entertainment worlds. It's like maybe there is a little inside play to get something popular, but but also it was fucking played everywhere. Yeah, well, like I thought that was a studio release when I first heard it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was, <laughs> and but like the you know the thing is like every the the my circle of friends says like you. You can pay to have it promoted initially, but you can't pay to have 80 million people make TikToks. So it still has legs. But anyway, agree with her. I'm sure the Spotify podcast division is great, even though most of you got laid off. Now onto the show. <laughs> Wait, no. Don't forget to follow us on social media. I'll read the wrong part. It is going to be a really long night. Cyclops, IWFM pod on Instagram, TikTok, threads, and I think X. I haven't logged in in like six months. Facebook. And make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Now, my part of the script... <laughs> On to the show. We're going to be talking about season two, episode eight, entitled Joyride, which was directed by our friend Stephen E. Gordon. And that makes us think that it was possibly episode nine of the season because Steve did every third episode. But Stephen also did the one that was listed on Disney as episode two. So who fucking knows at this point? It aired on December 1st of 2001, according to IMDb. Again, who fucking knows at this point? And it currently sits at a 6.7 star rating on that site which means it went up after our previous two episodes, which is a good sign. Oh, nice. There you go. And didn't Steven say this was like his, his favorite or fan favorite episode? It was one that he, he enjoyed. It was it was okay. one of his episodes as well, yeah. But uh, When I saw the title, I was like, oh, there was something important about this one. So, kicks off. It's the mansion at night, and we see surveillance cameras and such. And Lance is in full costume walking up to the fence with a duffel bag. And then he just immediately bursts open the gate. These are all theater kids. So dramatic. Come in full costume. I felt like the full costume was a bit much. And also middle of the night. Like if there's ever a way to get people's attention, it's to be in full costume in the middle of the night. Yeah, and have the confidence of a teenager that all like the military grade security won't murder you. Yeah, so he blasts off the gate. The, ex- the alarm goes off and all the defenses, which are mostly laser guns <laughs> and missile launchers, pop up. And then everybody wakes up. It was just kind of like the montage. We also learned that Evan's suit uh, zippers in the front. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Because <laughs> yeah. as he's pulling his suit on, he zipped it up in the front. Back outside, Lance quakes and disrupts all the targeting on every gun because apparently they're stationary turrets. And if you throw them off balance, they're fucked. Wolverine and the older class of students pop outside as Lance walks up to the front door. And he's like, I've come to join the X-Men. And everybody's like, yeah, no. utter, utter shock. That's a great, that's a great cold open. It's right, like, right to the intro. well, like, wait, you're you're doing what although i know it was supposed to be a shock but they've set up so much between him and kitty i'm like okay and he's calling the mansion like fairly frequently we're getting the implication of right so yeah like he's he's literally called her to ask her on mall dates so but yeah it was also kind of like there are ways you could have done this that would have made people more comfortable like i can't see it being very hard to sneak out of the brotherhood house you know yeah once again theater kids fucking theater kids man So come back from the animated intro and Kitty is the first one to be like, you're kidding, right? And Wolverine straight up does not believe him. And then Xavier comes out and he's like, no, let's let's listen to what he has to say. And the only thing that comes to mind for me on this one is like Xavier is still a little bit peeved that he didn't get to Lance first and Mystique did. I feel like it's a little bit of like, I could stick it to Mystique here. I. Okay, yeah, I didn't put that together. 
That makes sense. I, I, I was wondering if, like, you know, he was also kind of reading Lance's mind. I mean, like, oh, he's sincere about it. He'll at least try. I 100% thought he was going to read his mind, and they give <laughs> us no indication that he does it he in this episode. And of anybody, it's like, you you should have read this kid's mind. Yeah. This <laughs> you pop inside. Cyclops obviously doubts Lance. I did notice on one of the wikis, and I forget which one of them is, so apologies for not properly referencing. They compare the relationship of Cyclops and Lance to that of Cyclops and Wolverine in other iterations because there is like the Boy Scout and the Rebel. Mm, and because and because this is the high school version of Cyclops, so you cannot have the love triangle with Gene and Wolverine. How do you have Cyclops have that that person that he can butt heads with who is also a little bit of like a peer to him? Because Wolverine is beyond Cyclops, at least at this point in this this show, you know? Yeah, yeah. and then we, we saw him and Lance kind of go at it when they were that that, like, boot camp thing. The Death Mountain camp? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Kitty kind of, like, does, like, the pseudo-bitchy thing, which we've seen her do, which is, like, give a dig. And she's like, oh, you were kind of, like, tired of being with the losers, talking about the Brotherhood kids. Mm-hmm. And Lance just gives the answer of, like, it's time for a change. Yeah, he said yeah. that and he didn't elaborate. I was like, what? Was I supposed to know what that means? I guess Xavier kind of extrapolates in a second, but I was like, Xavier's yeah. response is literally just better enough. And I'm like, like I like I and I, I do wish right now because I'm very animated and I don't know if it's just the caffeine is kicking in at this point. But that was just like, wait, are you reading his mind to know that that's fair enough, or are you just actually trusting this kid who has tried to kill your students before? Yeah, was it, I? I get his later explanation. Scott is shocked and Xavier tells Kitty to show Lance to his room and Kitty has to be like a flirt with how she does it yeah. where she like walks through through the door and then pops through, grabs Lance, pulls him, phases through and Wolverine just kind of is like, all right, fine, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'll kill all these kids at one point. <laughs> kill each other during volleyball. Yeah, exactly. Beast is already offing half of the new mutants <laughs> and then Xavier explains, it's like, yeah, it's because he wants to be closer to Kitty and like let's give him the chance to to genuinely follow through on that and give him a new beginning and it's like you're putting faith in this kid just out of hormones we're, we're that's what page we're on right charles yeah my my note here is like well xavier whether it's telepathic or not knows that lance and kitty are horny she takes lance to his his room or the guest room i guess and already it's like leaps and bounds better than the slop they were living in at the brotherhood House. Who knows? The Brotherhood House might have started nicely, and then it just fell apart when Mystique was gone. Yeah, because we saw Mystique's room. It was like, like I can't, I can't see Mystique living in trash. Like, I, I get why her room stayed nice, but like, yeah. there's no way she would have let the kitchen fall into disrepair the way that it did right. after she was gone. She's gonna like storm with like the bougie like glass bottles in the bathroom and stuff. Bougier. She's yeah. <laughs> she she makes storm like look look like a soccer mom by comparison i feel like so then before kitty leaves lance's room which she's totally staying in there they're doing other things she warns lance like it won't be easy you know yeah the others aren't gonna aren't gonna cut you any slack and he's like i think i can handle being x-men and they do that like 90s transition where he's like not handling things very well yeah they they show something obviously to allude was going to happen later where it looks like they're inside the x-jet also, I love that they don't call it the Blackbird. They just straight up call it the X-Jet in this show. I'm so not used to not being able to call it the, the Blackbird. But Bobby is in the pilot seat. 
He's not a very good pilot. Lance immediately looks nauseous and is ready to throw up. And then Bobby stalls out very, very quickly. The second Cyclops was like super calm about it, I was like, oh, it's gotta be a simulator. There's no, there's no way Cyclops is this okay with somebody stalling out the jet right now. Oh, I didn't think about that. I just assumed it, it was like, oh, there's like some fail safe or whatever. Cause this still is, this isn't as bizarre as the other danger room things are. Uh, I thought maybe, maybe, maybe there's like a, you know, it's like the driver's ed car where there's like a second steering wheel or something. I don't know. There, I mean, there is, but stalling out a jet like that is not as simple as just like slamming on the brake. I feel like. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, so it's a simulator. It has the fatal error. And Bobby is very, very proud that it took him twice as long before he fucked up this time. I mean, I guess if you started pretty bad, then progress is progress. <laughs> I mean, I double the length of time. That's that's a 100% increase, right? Yeah. And then Wolverine scolds Bobby. And I, I wish I looked up the phrase. I did not. I forgot to. But he basically says, like, you know, you're going cowboy commando. And I was like, that's oh, got to be a very specific, like, pop culture e reference i feel like that that would do just was such a specific phrase to hear from from him well it's not autofilling let's see whoa hey hey there's a wiki cowboy commandos is a 1943 american western film oh my god there you go and is one of the characters a loose cannon or some shit like that probably you know how not significant this movie is is it does have a wikipedia entry it is one paragraph so i can read the whole thing here Cowboy Commandos is a 1943 American Western film directed by S. Roy Luby and written by Elizabeth Beecher. The film is the 22nd in Monogram Pictures' Range Buster series. It stars Ray Crash Corrigan as Dusty, Dennis Moore as Denny, Max Terhuni, sorry for mispronouncing that, as Alibi. It's okay, they're dead. Yeah, Evelyn Finley, Johnny Bond, and Bud Buster. <laughs> the film was released on June 4th, 1943. So it's one paragraph of one very long sentence, and the second sentence reiterates the first part of the first sentence. It does. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, I guess if you, like this Range Buster series, maybe this is what it's about. It's like, just like going rogue. Yeah, and, and he also used the term that Bobby was hot dogging, which I was just like... It sounds like it means something else. No, no, no. <laughs> We've talked about this. The writers of an era used the language that they would have heard when they were kids, and that was like... Yeah. Like, that was a phrase I, I've heard it in reference to, like, surfing, where it's like hot dogging is like being the fancy surf like oh, okay, that, gotcha. but it was like Beach Boys era surfers. Oh, it's so like, it's like it's like hot dog or hot dang or something like that. More like being a show off. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Again, we're we're old. This shit's <laughs> older than us. So I'm kind of like side reading this ra range crashers thing. I guess it was filmed in Simi Valley, so near us. We're not going to do a fucking field trip for it, Rod. Hilarious. <laughs> it's probably not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. So Kitty goes to check on Lance. Lance immediately goes and throws up. And then Xavier is like, oh, it looks like you're being too hard on people. And then Wolverine gives the great, well, you know what? I can walk away from a crash. None of them can. Good point. With one exception is Cannonball can. Okay. Is he, is he like invincible? If he's using his power, he's effectively invincible. I guess him and uh, Kitty too, right? If she's aware, that she's ready for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah she would be shooting on. Yeah, because Kitty, if, even if she's like stuck with the velocity of what's going on, she could, I mean, everybody else would be fucked if she doesn't do what yeah. she does, you know, later. But yeah. And then we see Nightcrawler is kind of like looking on as people are, are leaving. 
and Wolverine yells at him to get back to cleaning. And it's like, oh shit, he's still on probation from the Boom Boom episode stuff. Oh, that's what that was from. It was very specific with the probation part. Forgotten about that. Like, yeah, so the last episode I mentioned, like, oh, is he in trouble for this? No, that was like several episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, okay. Yeah, we haven't seen him really do that. I guess this is like a new stage of his probation. He has to clean all this stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just around the stuff. He his assignment is just around the X jet, and this is really the first time we've gotten to see the X jet aside from the Summers brothers being idiots in Hawaii. You know. <laughs> yep. And then Nightcrawler gives a sarcastic, "Yeah, it's great being an X Men. It's so fulfilling." That's great. I was wondering if they were gonna. I wish they would have had him talk to to Lance. I thought they were going to, the way he set that up. Yeah. So they're outside, and then there's like this, like the buzzsaw training stuff, but they're literally shooting saw blades at people's faces. Yeah. I I guess like Scott is just there paying attention because if he's not, then half these kids. Then they're dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Nagma sucks because she has, everybody has four buzzsaws shot at them. She misses two of them. Yeah. She's still working on her aim. Yeah. Uh, Well, she's good with her two shots, but then she's like, Oh shit, I can't recharge fast enough. I guess that's a good point, because Alex sure. had, in the episode where he almost uh, drift, he gets tapped out. Too, right. So. Bobby is actually pretty good and able to shoot all of them, but it like he only froze them, so it didn't stop their trajectory. <laughs> so it could have still broken his back if something is flying and heavy and metal and hits him in the back of the head, because yeah. he got cocky and turned around. And then Lance just breaks everything. I mean, he technically accomplished the goal. He accomplished the goal the same way when you said, oh, I had these swimming lessons where I oh, used yeah. my foot instead of retrieving something off the bottom of the pool. Yeah, yeah. And he, and actually, it didn't even start yet because Evan was setting off the buzzsaws and he didn't get to start. Yeah, they didn't he, even he just, get shot. He, he just broke all the launchers. Yeah, but you do see there is that quick moment of like camera cuts to Kitty and she gives like the schoolgirl laugh, jump over to the danger room and there's like an obstacle course. And Lance is, is hopping over a wall. By the way, he is in the trainee uniforms at this point, too. He's not in his, his avalanche uniform. He is literally in, like, the blue and the shoulder pad, yellow and, and red X's right now. Was it in this scene or another one where Scott makes a comment, like, this looks better than the upside-down fishbowl or something? Or fruit bowl? I think it might have been the previous scene. I'm not, I'm not sure okay. which one. I'm I don't so, I don't think it was this one because Scott was up oh, in the yeah, control yeah. tower. I'm so glad they addressed it though. It's like, okay, even the in-universe, they know it looks dumb. Yeah, <laughs> but Lance is kind of like at the back of the pack, almost loses his balls to a giant buzzsaw yeah. or a, a drill bit coming out of the ground, basically. And then Scott is like, oh, check this out and does a cheap shot that, that you know, fucks him up. And he high fives Kurt, and that's where I was confused. I thought this was, would have been like Kurt would have been like, "No, stop being a dick, dude." Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Like everybody else, also has a problem with him being there. He's like, he's trying to kill all of us. But Kitty gives a little bit of a side eye there because she's horny. Yes, we know, Rob. <laughs> Jump outside, and they're doing pool training where you have four team members looking to save four other team members from the pool. I did love that Wolfsbane solution is just to turn into a dog. Oh, was it a dog? Well, it's like oh, a, yeah, wolf, a wolf, a wolf yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. it looks so feline. I was like, why would a cat jump into the water? A dog makes more sense, or like a coyote or a wolf. Yeah, well, it's a whole. I think we talked about it in '92. It's like the whole like lupine grouping, where it's oh, like yeah. the descendants of like the feral animals. So you have Wolverine, Sabretooth, Wolfsbane, Feral, who's a part of X Force. Like they're all 
dog-ish in certain degrees. So Bobby, of course, just uses a little ice ramp that he builds. And then Lance and Cannonball pop in or like dive into the water. And as Cannonball is going to, you know, use his power underwater, which I don't think you really need to, you know, go 15 feet in a pool. Lance like nudges him and it sends him completely off course. And he just like shoots into the air. He also hits Rogue in the head with the lifesaver. Oh no. Okay, so that's what he does. That was when he's like, does he throw Cannonball? Like I could tell what was he happening like, there. It was as Cannonball was starting to use his power to go faster, yeah. he like nudged him and that sent him like off course. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like if you if someone's shooting a gun and you like bump their hand. Yeah. When they're triggering it. Yeah, pretty much. Except the the bullet is the human being. Your, person, yeah. yeah. And then he shifts over to save Kitty. And like, of course, Scott is pissed because he's like, yeah, one, you, you threw off somebody else. You left the other girl to die after you hit her in the head and probably concussed her. He's like, but look who I saved. And it's yeah. like, oh. Didn't he say like you just drowned four people or something? You drowned two. You drowned two, two people. people. Yeah. Crack me up. It was, it's like, you didn't save the right person. You drowned two people. <laughs> yeah. Jumps over. And I'm assuming this was all like pre going to school, like because we know they train at stupid hours. But they open the garage and Lance, Bobby, Cannonball and Jubilee are hopping into the Jeep to, to head to school. And you see that Scott's car is totally fucked up. He blames it on Lance. And then Lance is like, oh, it sucks. You might as well, you know, kick rocks. And at that point, I was not sure that that wasn't Lance who did it. Yeah, I, I just assumed it was because like after the fact, it read that they were going to school to me. But at the moment, I was like, oh, are they just stealing someone's Jeep? I yeah. didn't get the impression they were stealing the Jeep because everybody was doing it in front of Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're a bunch of stupid teenagers, <laughs> but you don't do it in front of the Boy Scout. Yeah, yeah. Jump over to school and you have... What was expected is a confrontation between Lance and the Brotherhood. From that, there was like one one really interesting thing that stood out to me is Toad is like, yeah, Mystique is going to be pissed when she gets back. And it's like, there's just that little bit of hanging on to hope that Mystique is coming back. And none of them have any evidence to think she's going to. Yeah, other than like loyalty. Yeah, it's really just blind loyalty. And Lance is kind of, and maybe that's a part of what it was for Lance of why he decided to make the jump of like, yeah, she's not coming back. Like, he actually calls out that she's not coming back. Yeah, he has a little bit more critical thinking skills because I guess it's the thing about the brother. I mean, both the Xavier and Mystique kind of, you know, one way or another kind of prey on impressionable kids. Yeah. But the Brotherhood feels like they're more impressionable because they seem to have, like, even with Boom Boom joining, have, like, a, like a little bit more trauma than a lot of the ex-kids do. Yeah, they're they're the kids who, when the shit hit the fan, they didn't have any support system, it feels like. So, yeah, he says, you know, Brotherhood is history. You guys just don't know it yet. And that's when Boom Boom is like, oh, so you're one of them. And it's like, you were one of them. <laughs> right. You, you joined them willingly first. I guess she left, and she's like, that's the point. But. Yeah. And then the, like... Blob gives the saddest line of the episode, too. He's like, I used to look up to you. Well, because Blob, you know, we've established, like, he's not, like, the sharpest, you know, crayon or whatever, but, so he, he needed, rod, like... Rod, rod, rod. Was it tool in the shed? Yeah. But I, I mixed together two... <laughs> knife like, knife in the drawer. Yeah, my, my my old go-to when I was a kid was not, not the brightest... Brightest crayon, crayon in the box. In the pastel box. Anyway. One day I'm, I'm just going to turn on screen record and not right. tell you. Yeah. I'm tired. So Bob, he, he always like, he needs like a leader, you know, like yeah. in, in the leader almost more for purpose than function. Yeah. 
it's it's not that he can't do stuff by himself, but he needs somebody to give him direction. Yeah, and like why? Yeah, he needs you know, he needs a leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as he's walking away, they like throw that la- final jab of you know they're not going to accept you, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's like that's kind of true because they kind of didn't. I mean, they definitely didn't. Because Xavier had to kind of, like, override. Yeah, jump over. It's the Institute at night. I do appreciate in these episodes, you get lots of, like, transition times over multiple days, too. It's not like everything happens in an afternoon, except in the Adrift episode. Right. (laughs) And Lance and Kitty see other members who are sneaking out. And then there's, like, a weird horror shot in the middle of this this episode where... Kitty is preparing a snack and she drops an apple and she gets down under the table, bites the apple, and then like bases only up to the point of her neck. So as Lance is like following the people who are are sneaking out, it's just her head on a platter with an apple in its mouth. And it was just like that had to be ripped from some horror movie like that particular shot. It was it was creepy as shit. I I loved it. I I. I would love to have been a fly in the wall in the room when that got pitched. You know, they're like, oh, we should have Kitty's head on a platter. Because, yeah, then Lance Fates. It's so, it cracked me up because it's like random, but I, I love random humor like that. It's random, but it makes sense for the world. It's not like, yeah, I, a, it doesn't fall into like the non sequitur territory, like Family Guy type stuff, where oh, yeah. it's just like a joke that happens because of a reference. It's like, no, this is actually makes sense with regard to what the characters yeah. and, you know, quirky teenage life with powers kind of shit because weird shit like that would happen in a house full of people with superpowers oh i'm sure also it was like we're assuming once again like 103 a.m or whatever right because it's late enough for them to sneak out without any adults noticing so lance is probably walking through the halls in like the dead of night well lance lance (laughs) saw movement which is why he started following and then Kitty definitely looked like she was like putting together a midnight snack scenario. It's like late at night and you see like a head, you know, of like your girlfriend, I guess, you know, (laughs) when you're definitely not expecting it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we see the van drives off, which I still refer to as the Punisher van. Like, I know it's obviously Um, the X-Men van, mm -hmm. but it reminds me of the Punisher's van, just the way that it's shaped. And it has Bobby, Cannonball, Multiple and Jubilee in it. What's funny, Rod, is before you realized in this episode that it was Jubilee, I literally wrote it down as a blank space, so I didn't accidentally say Jubilee in case you had not established who it was yet. So I guess, yeah, I guess the last episode, it got confirmed for me in this one, even before they called her out, because I watch with captions, so Mm -hmm. I want to say like maybe five minutes before this moment, it it has Jubilee, and then she says something. Oh, okay. I was right, okay. So... Bobby should never drive anything ever. I love, yeah, I love that they like just let him drive, even though he's like constantly failing that simulator. And also looks like he's the youngest, or sorry, the second youngest of the group. Yeah, because Multiple is definitely the youngest one by comparison of the others. Yeah, yeah he's from that he, group because they even like kind of exclude him later. Yeah, because he's so much younger. So Bobby makes an ice loop that they drive through perfectly, which I think is safe. You, you need a super van to be able to do it because right. I'm pretty sure stunt drivers have died trying to replicate that. On like regular ramps that aren't ice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they start hitting buttons and shoot missiles into the ocean. They have like an afterburner that they hit, which is not actually like an afterburner, like a nitro that makes you go faster. It literally just sets the road on fire behind you. So they drop a power line in, in, the, <laughs> in the pole for it. And I'm just like, wow, 
these kids are all fucking idiots. Yeah, because they're like, nothing's happening. And <laughs> and I'm used to the version of Bobby from from the comics where he was like, he was always like the younger one of the original five. But this Bobby is just like an agent of fucking chaos, man. Yeah. He, tri- he trips Scott in one of his early episodes. He cheats at every game. Like, yeah. And I'm not used to Jubilee being a troublemaker. And I, I, it might be part of her character because, like I said, I'm, I'm most familiar with her through the 92 series and stuff. Yep. But it's just like, it's kind of fun to see her and even multiple as like, you know, they're purposely getting in trouble. They know they're going to get caught. I feel like multiple is the one who I'm most used to that from. Not Jubilee, at least from what I've read, but like multiple as, and I'm just, I'm going to call him Jamie because saying multiple yeah. without saying man after right. just feels weird. Like he will split off doubles who will go and have their own separate lives and like, one becomes a fucking professional comedian and one becomes a preacher and shit so like can, that. You can do it like long term? Until he reabsorbs them, yeah. That is wild. All right. Yeah. So I'm used to that version of, of Jamie as opposed to like, this is kind of like bullied little brother Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're driving around. At one point, they, they hit like a, a bump and multiple just like crushes into Jubilee and stuff like that. It's like... It's a fun scene. I got to give him credit. Like, they're all morons, but it's a fun yeah. scene. Yeah, that's a fun moment when he, like, it's like an involuntary thing. It's like if he sneezes or something, like, he'll... <laughs> it's basically anything that's, like, causes damage, quote-unquote. Like, mm-hmm. if it's the equivalent of in Dungeons & Dragons, you got hit with a one, that is enough to, to do it. Oh, like, it's funny. literally as long as damage happens, it causes him to multiply. Man, I'm imagining if they, they're never going to do this because he's not popular enough, but if they added him as like a DLC to Mortal Kombat or something, it'd be a funny kind of like, like random thing to every time he gets like uppercut or whatever, he just keeps like multiplying. I also don't think with Capcom owning the license for yeah. Marvel versus Capcom that will ever... No yeah. Marvel characters will ever be in Mortal Kombat. Exactly. <laughs> will not allow Yeah. So they get back to the uh, Institute right around Sunrise. Bobby crashes into bed and then immediately Xavier sends the whole like, hey, students, we got a Professor Logan session in a few minutes. I, it's wild because I remember like logically, I, I remember like factually being able to do that back in like my 20s or whatever. And especially in my teen years, just staying up all night, and then not sleeping and then going to school or doing whatever. I, my body cannot fathom how that works now. Like I'm 41 and I'm just like, like I just would have passed out and gotten in trouble. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure the only reason people are age are able to do it is if they do coke, because because right. uh, <laughs> my my body is not going to let me do that naturally. So whoever is gonna do that, it's like, oh, you're you're got it. Yeah. No judgment, but you're definitely on something right now. Yeah, because I I don't even I can't even try hard enough. I'm just like go full like narcoleptic. You know, I don't know if this happens to you, but like if if my buddy hits a point, it's just like wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're just gonna do just sleep you know <laughs> i have not had that happen to me but i've definitely had the times where i've like when i flew to japan in 2017 i forced myself to stay up to the point where i got into the uber at like five in the morning to try to reset my body for it and i sat in the uber and all of a sudden i was at lax oh jeez. <laughs> yeah it was that fast to turn around that's wild jumps back into the hangar nightcrawler is washing the jet and this was the most Rod is going to pick up a line ever statement that I could think of, which I guarantee now you did not pick up on because Ugh. I've said that out loud. 
where he mentions that washing the jet has turned his fur kinky. Oh, that was one of those terms that like kind of in the mainstream evolved over time. So that, it was funny to hear, but I got what he meant. I, but he's also there's reminders of like, oh, he's furry. That's right. It's just when yeah. he's animated, he looks like blue skin. But right. I like I like the visual of him using all like all four limbs and his tail and his tail. Each had <laughs> washcloths on, or scrubbers on them yeah, and stuff. Whatever. And I man, it's. It was crazy. I guess if he's only doing it before school, it makes sense. But he was saying like he's been spending a month detailing this thing. I was like, holy shit. I mean, it's fucking big, dude. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, I don't care what kind of superpowers you have. If you're not doing that all in a single sitting, it makes sense that it would take a month to go. But also, like, if they're taking it, they are taking it out in between. Like, that's just never going to be done. That's it's kind of like the military in that way of like they give you a task that no matter what, when you're in training, to like not break your spirit, but to break you in, they give you yeah. a task. It's like, like the toothbrush on the floor or something. I was thinking with the dude who keeps pushing the boulder up the hill kind of scenario. Oh, like you, yeah. you can never actually finish the task. Yeah, not Atlas. No, um, Pacifiorus or some something close to Sisyphus. that. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yes. Sisyphus. I, I I was like I need to know this because I literally had to write a song last year using that visual. I should know this name. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you had a rhyme with Sisyphus. Uh, that too we had to use his name i forget what we ended up doing with it i've written a lot of music this year <laughs> you rhymed it with syphilis i'm pretty sure right my my best rhyme though you have to look it up is back with my last band i was able to get a response from the singer ingrid michelson she tweeted out the song we did and she was like my i didn't think my name rhymed with anything but these guys did it and we did so you have to look <laughs> all right <laughs> scavenger hunt for for the audience or i'll post it on instagram in a few days right. also it's pretty easy the song's literally called ingrid michelson so so some people use breadcrumbs rod through the loaf of bread at your face right. yeah but, but uh you still have to go find out how we rhymed it I, th- yep. I still think it's clever and she did too so at that point scott notices the you know the new recruits coming in and of course, he's happy and go lucky. He's well rested. He probably slept mm-hmm. nine and a half fucking hours, like the nerd that he is. He says something to Logan of like, "Are you sure you're not working them too hard?" Yeah, which it was such a funny thing for them to circle back on. It's like, oh, that's why they were tired before. And yeah, because Logan Logan's a total taskmaster. Right. Yeah. So Bobby is excited because they're with the jet, and Wolverine's like, "Yeah, we're gonna you know move up to the next step in your training." And like Bobby is way again dumbest version of bobby i've ever read or mm-hmm. or watched because this bobby's like yeah i've died in the simulator in 18 seconds so why wouldn't i fly the real plane right now yeah wolverine reveals it's actually going to be the x van instead they did not get very creative with the names of their vehicles in the show it felt like that they the re- one of the reasons they didn't call it the blackbird unless there was like a legal reason or something was they just wanted to have all the vehicles be x whatever that's got to be like the 2000 era naming convention right yeah and I think it's kind of like how in the early 2000s through the, actually the end of the 2000s, everything was like I something, cause like iPod, you know, for a while people were calling the Apple Watch the iWatch. Oh yeah, I remember that. Stuff because it was like, oh, I, man, you remember when everything was lowercase I something? You I literally don't. have an iMac phone case. Oh yeah. I was going to show, but we're, we're on audio podcast. God damn it, Rod. <laughs> they head over to the garage, they open up the doors, and they see that the van is all messed up from the previous night's excursion. And Scott immediately looks at Lance in in blame. So yeah. I like how there's a, there's no ever any conversation either, and it kind of implies there's no punishment either, unless Lance is just taking the punishment. Yeah, I, it's like, or they just kind of did the punishment off camera kind of scenario. Yeah, because Scott, he never denied doing the thing to Scott's car either. So it's like 
he didn't deny doing this. So I guess it's like, prove that I did it. If you really want to have this war kind of scenario goes to, you know, the following evening. So they had a full day of school and, you know, (laughs) training and Nightcrawler has spent more and more hours detailing everything. And they're yelling or not yelling at, but they're scolding multiple that he's not allowed to go. Yeah. It takes up too much room, literally. Yeah. And that's where I got the like the younger brother, because in addition to how he's being treated, he also looks physically smaller than all the rest of them. So that's why I was like, oh, he's he really is in younger brother status of this group. If I'm remembering correctly, I think he almost tattled on them, right? Because earlier when they were getting ready to open up the garage door, he he like he's like, should anybody? And then someone nudges him and then he like splits off again. So I think maybe it was like a combination of like, okay, he literally takes up too much space in that back seat. And, and he can't keep his fucking mouth shut. An arc on us. Or slip. It yeah. might it, it might not necessarily be that he's going to tattle, but it's like, oh, he doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut and they're going to figure stuff out. Yeah. So he's not allowed. Sam, Bobby, and Jubilee still want to go. And Jubilee wants to bring Lance along. And then the creepiest way to wake somebody up is they're all standing around his bed as he's asleep. And he didn't just like quake them away. Yeah, right. It, like that should have <laughs> that should have been like a part of the mansion is just gone. And they're like, yeah, you know, you're already going to get in trouble. So why not just come with us anyway? He's like, just I think it was I'm tired. I don't want to deal with this was the vibe I got from him. Yeah. And Bobby's like, all right, whatever. I'm j- we're just going to go bigger and faster anyway. So Lance realizes it's going to be the jet, goes to get Kitty's help. And as they start to see the jet taking off, Lance basically is like, we're going to jump over this railing and be ready to face. Thank God she has good instincts. Maybe yeah. not with men, but at least she <laughs> has good instincts with like surviving. stuff. That's kind of like the Jedi with like the force jumps. Mm. holy shit man like (laughs) oh yeah especially the scenes from like episode two where they're jumping through the cars in coruscant yeah or like anything or i recently saw it and was it was it ahsoka i only watched the first two episodes of ahsoka so i can't oh okay oh yeah it was ahsoka because they did that with like a ship and i was like i wouldn't trust them because they were like i haven't done this in decades we're like why now instincts right bobby almost killed them on takeoff right because they couldn't get out of the he literally thing. couldn't go straight and just is like going as fast as he can, scraping the like the edge of the wing against the walls, which is thousands and thousands of dollars in damage, if not, mm-hmm. you know, can make that thing not able to fly. And then they realize they don't know how to open the fucking doors. Teenagers. And they <laughs> and they get lucky that Jubilee just like reaches over, hits one of the many random buttons, and that happens to be the one that makes them not explode. She was paying attention during the simulator. She's like, I'm going to need to know this someday because they keep yeah. having him pilot. Yeah. And then this is where I think it's, this is Westchester, not upstate. They also <laughs> got into an in- argument with somebody because they're like, they were talking about something in Spider-Man in Brooklyn in the Spider-Man 2 video game. And they're like, oh, this is the Xavier Institute. It's like, no, it's fucking not. It has a plot point that crystal clearly tells you what it is in the game that has nothing to do with the X-Men, but also the Xavier Institute is not in Brooklyn. And somebody's like, yeah, it's in like upstate New York, which is Westchester. And I'm like, that's not upstate, dude. Then the defense was, it's upstate if you're in Brooklyn. I'm like, then you don't know geography. Yeah, it's, it's not even the same region. That's like for, hours away. 40 miles up from New York to Westchester versus the other 
300 miles right. <laughs> of of the height of new york no yeah so which sidebar jc sent me a screen cap of the spider-man game and it took me a full like 10 minutes to realize it wasn't like a photo so i sent rod i believe the suit is called the secret wars suit the and it was one. it was spider well every suit has four variant colors on okay. them but it was the pink version of the secret war suit and I, I was like, I, I for a while, I was like, oh, was that, I didn't know if it was like a friend of yours, and then you you said, it, like, you had gotten it, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess he's doing a cosplay thing or whatever, and then you sent me another screen cap, and I was like, oh, wait, this is a game. There is a suit I did unlock that is for Miles, and I believe it's called Best of What They Do, and okay. it is a Wolverine-inspired suit for Miles. Oh, yeah. Fun. I also might just be, like, kind of... I don't know, trained to see stuff like that as being like way, way more amazing. I mean, it's really great graphics, but like I play a Switch and I'm currently playing Mortal Kombat 1. So if anybody wants to look up what those images look like, they're getting a little bit better. Still not great. No comments. I read that as they were flying through New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Which is why I said last episode, I was like, I didn't realize this was in the fall of 2001. So what a choice. Oh, shit. To have the the X-Jet fly through. New York City. I mean, I guess you could argue that it's just any city, but if, yeah. yeah, you're right because this came out in December of yeah. 2001. It Shit, like, it was like months after. Or oh wow, months, like a couple of months, and I'm sure it was animated like months before that. But like, what a wild. Yeah, I mean, I guess the good part of it is there is nothing that is. There's not a building that is explicitly New York shown. Yeah, yeah. It, like, yeah, there's yeah. not Empire State Building. There's obviously not the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. It could just be any downtown area, quote unquote. Yeah. Also, it's like a downtown with a cliff and a waterfall next to it. <laughs> I, have, I have comments about that. Yeah. So they use Storm's weather hole. There has to oh, be yeah. a better name for that. <laughs> weather hole. And then the little platform thingy. Yeah. And Jubilee start just shooting fireworks up in the sky above the jet, which I get. Like that actually yeah. makes sense of what her her shitty firework powers could do. Yeah, super incognito. But it sounds yeah. like fun. I mean, if again, this is literally just going on joyrides and causing trouble. At least they're not doing a lot of damage in this one, at least. Yeah, right. Like they actually caused more damage with the van to other yeah. people than themselves. So. so far. Yes. So they start speeding up, hitting Lance is into the cockpit, which scares Jubilee who throws a firework at the console. Once again, they're they're not treating your girl right, Rod. Right. This this is not the mall baby eating chili dogs jubilee. Right. Yeah, she and you know, she we have to remember like she's still she's like the other kids like they're not trained yet, they're just excited to have power. So like kind of like with Jamie or multiple man or whatever, like it's almost like, you know, you startle someone or they sneeze and then you don't know what's going to happen. Because of that, it just the the jet keeps speeding up. The radio is fried. We're at the wonderful spot in the episode where John cannot read his note. Oh, Bobby hits random switches. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. They're like, well, one of these got to do something. And it looked like, even though they didn't animate it, it looked like the jet was cloaked earlier. All of a sudden, like, it looks like they are decloaked. And then we see there are two fighter pilots just (laughs) doing a training mission I'm going to go with. Well, they said they were in restricted airspace, so I kind of got it as like there may be security or something, or just routine, you know, they're just right. in space. You did your Google search for the episode. I'm going to do mine. What? Well, restricted airspace is in New York. 
Oh, I'm not sure if it's actually real restricted, but they, they said it in the episode. They're like, you're in restricted airspace. I'm guessing now especially, there's definitely restricted airspace over New York. <laughs> you know what? I feel like looking this up in a post-9-11 era is going to be <laughs> a lot harder to, to look up. To verify, yeah. Yeah, because they're literally like, I'm getting shit about like drones. So let's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so these two fighter jets see them. And yeah, I think they have the proper response of, hey, turn around and identify yourself because you're not allowed to fucking be here. Yeah. So Lance is like, oh, let's use the radio. And then they just like, they shoot rockets at <laughs> these fighter pilots. Because he's like, we got to show them we're friendly. Yes, <laughs> show them we're friendly. It's what he thinks is the PA system and just shoots a missile. And then retaliatory missiles get shot at them. To Jubilee's credit, she understands that if you're in a jet and people are shooting at you, you drop flares. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting that the her fireworks are have a hot, hotter heat signature than like the jets of the shut up rod X jet. Stop so, using stop using logic. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that here. But yeah, sure, spot on. It is definitely yeah. Because art isn't the whole thing with those flares is they burn so hot that it distracts at least in in a real airplane, not not her fireworks. Oh, I don't know. I mean, that makes sense. I guess I think that's the whole thing is like yeah. they burn so hot that it throws off the heat seeking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam is able to fix the wiring with gum. I was say he like hot wires it. Yep. And then Bobby proves why he has the worst instinct of any character ever. He just totally like stops the throttle. So they start falling. Lance throws up again. And Kitty gives the, oh, my hero. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But maybe worry about not dying first. Right. Then Bobby is able to create a ramp out of ice to send them back up in. Like, they're basically on like a luge with that, which not for nothing. Bobby's power is pretty impressive to make that much ice out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I think that I think we've talked about it in in the previous Bobby episodes, but like He's literally an Omega-level mutant in the comics. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that until you told me that. It's like, I guess it makes sense. It's kind of like Sub-Zero in the Mortal Kombat movie, the most recent one. I don't remember what he did in it. It's basically scary. like a horror movie, because like whenever before he appears, you know he's there because everything starts freezing, like people start freezing. Like, mm. You know, it's like he starts like solidifying everything with moisture in it. Before right, right. He actually reveals himself. So it's like, I imagine Iceman some pretty similar. I mean, he literally makes himself into a kaiju like <laughs> to, to fight Bing Fang Foom, who is a yeah. massive dragon kaiju. So yeah. yeah. Your favorite thing in the MCU. Crystal clear. I do not have a problem with kaiju. I have a problem with an Egyptian God becoming a kaiju to fight another Egyptian God. Yeah. That makes no fucking sense <laughs> to me. And they're puppeted. By smaller characters. Shut up. So, more disappear. And then Bobby decides he's going to fly through, quote, the canyons of New York. And I know they didn't say that, but there are no canyons in New York that resemble this. This is like, it's very similar to 92 in the Rogue and Cody episode, where uh-huh. there's just like a desert nearby. Yeah. There are no canyons in New York that this could be happening in. Also, I like the geography as they flew out of a mountainside with a waterfall and we don't have any indication they turned around so they flew through the city to the mountains on the other canyons on the other side of the geography's I, wild the geography in the show is very fucking wild <laughs> that's like in 92 where they randomly just flew to detroit one night like you could have done pittsburgh you didn't have to go all the way to detroit to do this yeah. so 
Lance drops a bunch of the canyon walls to try to give them a, a way of escaping. The jets pull out just in time because obviously we're not going to destroy military you know, personnel. And then Kitty phases the entire jet. I didn't know that was a thing. Has that ever been the case for her in anything? I don't actually. I refer, I'll rephrase that. She phased a rocket ship that was effectively a giant bullet in space. Okay, so it's kind of so happened before. I don't remember the details of it, so somebody please drop in the comments if you do. If that ship was powered or it was just on a trajectory. Because my biggest thought is if she phases something that is electronic, it would short. Yeah, well, I guess it's already not working, so... Right, but it's also like it's they still flew it back after. Right. So, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't have a problem with her doing it as the concession of how they don't die as they go into the side of a mountain but it's like would it still work after because again in that it's an astonishing episode astonishing episode <laughs> astonishing x-men story where she basically like sacrifices herself because she knows the speed that they're going if she phases the ship through the planet it would not destroy the planet but there would be no way of stopping her trajectory oh gotcha but i don't remember if that was just like it had been launched and it was going at the speed that it needed to or if it had power still going through it they gotcha because i want to say that that's a story from 2007 2008 ish okay, era so after this so this is this is probably still one of the earlier times she's done done something this large scale especially as a kid i would i would say this is absolutely at least for this iteration of kitty the largest scale she's ever done yeah so, that's wild yeah but the best response is the military are like did you see that no and neither did you let's go yeah. home <laughs> which has which a lot is of... phenomenal writing absolutely phenomenal writing it also has present day like attachments because you know in the middle of like the pandemic and everything when the government multiple times like revealed like unidentified flying objects and stuff it, what, it are, all, what, are they, what are they now called ufos U, U, uaps yeah and, and it was mostly accounts of fighter pilots yeah. that saw things so is this kind of like a callback to that not a callback but like it's kind of like kind of connected it's funny how it refers to each other yep it's all but it was it was just phenomenal that they're yeah. just like <laughs> I mean, you didn't either you know? all right wrap that up so they get back to the hangar and then I thought Kurt was going to start crying because <laughs> he's walking in like kind of proud. Like, I'm going to detail this thing. I'm going to be done. I'm going to be proud of my shit. And then it's just like, it is decimated. It is absolutely fucked. Yeah. It's like parts missing. Yeah, it, it's like scorched. And immediately, like, they start to blame Lance. And Lance is like ready to take it because he's kind of in like, I don't give a shit mode. Yeah. And then... At least the, the kids all hop in and are like, no, it wasn't him. It was us. We also did it to the van. We also did it to your car, which yeah. jumps back to me from a few episodes ago when Bobby was leaning on Scott's car of like, oh, he's been looking to do a joyride with this thing for a while. And then Jubilee makes the joke that nobody should ever make. Oh, and also your motorcycle to Logan. And he... He's like, what? And she's like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I swear to God, we didn't touch your motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to see him just slaughter a bunch of students? Yeah. Have been better than them all. Li literally just berserker barrage and just <laughs> murders all of them. So Scott is like, oh, I guess we owe you an apology. And Lance is like, fuck this place. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I kind of get it. It's like, you know, if their instinct is always to just blame you for stuff and they never gave you a fair shake, why are you going to stay there? So Plus, they, always, they also have so much structure. And him and the other Brotherhood guys, especially 
and part of the reason Boom Boom's there is like, it's not necessarily because they're evil. It's just that they're not like beholden to like you know, before school you know drills and stuff. Like they're just going out doing all the cool shit like these new recruits want to do. Right. Like I get it. You're you're there because you want to help learn your how to control your powers and stuff like that. But you're also getting drilled as a paramilitary group. <laughs> and I could see, hey, I want to be here because I want to learn how to better use my powers. But I don't want to be running athletic drills for your upcoming human versus mutant war on the daily. I just yeah. want to learn how to not blow my family up. Yeah, and also be too rooms down from my girlfriend well yeah i'm sure that's yeah. a bonus <laughs> he points out that they're way too high maintenance and i thought that was like that was the best dig he could have given i mean that's kind of true though because it's it's like he's not saying anything that's wrong he's not like moving to insults and like he's not he's not like he's not taking cheap shots yeah yeah because they they have yeah like it goes back to that structure they have something for everything yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure everybody has to take their shift making breakfast once a week, you know. Mm-hmm. And he he's been watching Kurt like detail the X jet. Yeah, for <laughs> oh, and months. The, and that was the thing, I guess. Xavier said that Kurt's off the hook. Your probation is off. Your starts today. Referring to Cannonball Bobby and Jubilee, yeah. which is a little bit unfair because there's like multiples of them, and also one kid who can become infinite amounts. <laughs> but I think Jamie got away with it. By the way, your cat's mm-hmm. saying hello. Oh, hey, Lucy. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how you do this. Like, no matter when we start, you do it exactly always it's always right as we're getting towards the wrap up of the episode. Yeah. So that means that we've been going long enough. But yeah, multiple kind of gets away unless they reference it in the next episode because he's not in the group that's getting in trouble right now. They were OK with Grand Theft Auto, but not Grand Theft Airplane. Right. And then Kitty runs up to to Lance and, you know, gives him the goodbye. And she, it's very clearly a kiss on the cheek. It is yeah. it is not the hug. She actually did kiss him. Well till we meet again tomorrow. At school in phys- <laughs> in physics, you know. So yeah, that's how that's how this episode wraps up. And it's wild. There are certain things that are mentioned in some of these wikis as trivia, and it's just like restating a plot point. And I'm like, that's not trivia. That's literally that's like when somebody's like, there was an Easter egg of this, and it's like, no, it's literally referencing the thing from the first act which is the smoking gun. Like, your mm-hmm. your a reference is, oh, the license plate of this car is the first appearance of this character in the comic book. That's yeah. that's an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Or the store named after the writer of the thing. Not, oh, so-and-so said this in the first scene and then it happens again in the third scene. Right. That yeah, that phrase has lost record. all meaning at this point, and I, I blame Screen Rant for that. So. Come on, she's trying to eat my headphone cable. Come on. Yeah. I know you're hungry. So, before Rod's cat eats our recording equipment, <laughs> Rod, closing thoughts? This was a fun episode. I could see what Steven liked it, because it was like kids being kids. So, I- I'm going to guess, especially what he told us about a lot of the riders basing stuff off their own children, they probably had some experiences with some their vehicles getting stolen and no. coming back kind of fucked up. And they're like, what would happen if my kids also had superpowers and access to a jet? My, my only critique on this one is... Well, it, it at least had personalities associated to it and was not, you know, just versus nature. It did feel like one of the weaker episodes because there is not a true conflict happening during it. You know, yeah, it was like conflict was authority. Yeah, it was like, oh, you guys are kind of dicks to the kid who I get why you don't fully trust him. But you also have a telepath who can read the dude's mind and make sure he's legit or not. You know, right. 
Yeah. So, so this is the one time that Xavier has actually respected boundaries, and I don't get it. Rod and I are going to call it a night and record again next week because we have to try to get as much shit banked as we can before Christmas. So thank you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments of either the YouTube upload or the official Instagram post of this episode. Make sure to respond to any of the survey things that I put at the end of this on Spotify. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate your rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, Rip Castbox. My cat's trying to eat the knobs on my keyboard. Lucy, I don't know why. You haven't done that since you were a kitten. Why are you, t- you should feed your cat. <laughs>